Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you find yourself in the day, we're glad you're joining us here for another End of Regulation episode. We will do our best to pick through the week's best stories in sports and entertainment and make sure to keep you all well and informed. Let's go ahead and meet the Stew crew behind the movement, live from New York City. Harry Douglas, how we doing, kid? Doing well. Um, I, I'm just, you know, still just vibing off of Eli Manning's whim yesterday. Uh, and the standing just, O. What, what a thing, man. What, a, what an incredible thing. Um, I hope he gets to play the last two games. He's 500 I think that's, right now. I think that's that's what's going to happen. And uh, I just think it's an, it's an awesome you know, way for him to go out. I'm assuming that this is his farewell tour, if you will. And yeah, man, it's all good stuff. Blessed to be uh, blessed to be a part of it. What a time to be alive. That's right. Well, next up, live from your local watering hole, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing? Uh, yo, yo, what up, what up? I, I couldn't agree more, Harrison, that a four-game farewell tour is like the most Eli Manning thing I've ever heard of. But I'm happy for the guy. As much as he's pained me in the past, uh, you know, the Mannings are good for football, and uh, it'll, it'll be a different landscape without him. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and kick tonight's episode off. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Let's go ahead and kick off tonight's agenda, let you guys know what's going on in the studio. We're going to talk to you a little bit about some entertainment updates, unpopular opinions, and more. We've got the world of sports. We're talking NFL, President's Cup. Maybe we'll throw in a little bit of MLB rant if Tom is up for it. And lastly, we'll wrap it up with some buzzer beaters. So let's go ahead and uh, start it off here tonight with some icebreakers. Tis the fucking season. I wanted to ask you guys, and hopefully you all will DM us some of your thoughts. What's on the uh, top of the Christmas list this year? What are you hoping for uh, Santa to bring? Well, for me, this is a an interesting Christmas because I am finally graduating graduate school this upcoming spring, uh, and with the real world, I will need real world clothes. So I'm asking Santa Claus for some professional like dress pants and button downs, things of that nature, uh, because the convenient part of grad school right now is that I can just walk in in like a uh, you know, a hoodie pullover and a pair of jeans, and it's it's totally cool. So I need to clean the look up a little bit. Douglas, will you look at this? Our little man's growing up. Right before our eyes, Tom. I, I honestly, how long have you been in grad school for? Like eight <laughs> years now? Too fucking long. Too Way long. too long, buddy. Is this is this how it is for everyone? Or are you like a little behind? Or <laughs> um, a typical PhD track is like four to five years. So. So you want a shopping spree at Joseph A. Bank? Jose Bank. Yeah. I'm Tom's more, Tom's more of a Bank. men's warehouse kind of guy. I am wherever's going to be. Maybe Burlington Coat drip. Factory. I, I need that drip. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm um, not going to get that at either of those places. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Douglas, what about you? What do you got? I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm just at this this age now where like I, I don't really know what I need. Most of the things that I do need, I end up buying for myself. Or already so, have. Yeah, or I already have. Like, I mean, I guess I could use more like button downs or whatever, but uh, I've asked for a new 56 degree wedge. It's a golf. It's actually on my list, too. It's a piece of golf equipment for you people who don't know what yeah, golf is. N- not for carpentry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like a hockey stick and I don't know, just like random stuff like that. Yeah, no, I respect it. I <clears throat> Taylor and I were having a long conversation about how weird it is, like planning the wedding and putting a registry together, and kind of like a, so to say, Christmas list as an adult. And it's just, it's really weird <clears throat> because there are things you need, but I don't think you ever realize it until that time comes. But I've asked for like a bunch of art that I hope just fucking appreciates over time. 
You ask for uh, you ask Santa Claus for a Picasso. Yeah, yeah. No, Banksy original. No, just some cool stuff. Serena actually put me on to this really cool artist, uh, Charles Ryan Clark. I just sent you guys in the text. Basically, what he does is he goes around and he collects famous matchboxes from, you know, major establishments and famous establishments all over, whether it's hotels, restaurants, bars. So the one I sent you is J.G. Mellon's up in New York. But he's got a collection of all of them, and he's got Morton Steakhouse, and he's got Clyde's, and he's got the Spotted Pig, and, um, you know, all the big names throughout all the big cities. Steven's Talkhouse. Yeah, Talkhouse is on there. That's also on the wish list. So I know know the guy. Nuh-uh. Do you really? Yeah. How do you know? Yeah, actually, weirdly enough, I ran into him at the diner next to my apartment. Collecting matchboxes? Uh, no, but he, you know, you know, Niels, um, yeah, he was there with uh, just randomly. My brother knows him too. Cause like, uh, he was, uh, in, at Somerset for a little while, but anyways, yeah. No, I, I mean, I assume well, he's but, from you know. the tri-state area cause all of his stuff. I mean, if you look at it, there's a bunch of New Jersey stuff. There's a bunch of New York, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, no, no, <laughs> he cool is. stuff. I, I, I think he's from New Jersey, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm actually positive he's from New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, let's get him on here. They have Essex and Essex and Sussex Hotel in Spring Lake, New Jersey. I mean, they've got like some yeah. really random stuff on there, you know? Yeah, it's um, a cool idea though, and, and they look good. They're like nice prints. Yeah, I mean, shout out. I guess this is we're we're kind of doing some marketing here, but uh, a friend of mine kind of took like a similar direction. I've seen you've liked a bunch of his stuff, but the balls mm-hmm. of life taking pictures of golf balls on tees from you know famous courses all over the country i guess we got to hop on and do something like that just famous yeah. pics from all around the world I've, i heard that i heard that balls of life has uh gotten some um what's the right word some kickback from some courses about pretty much like making money off of their like yeah i mean i i think where likeness this artist has thrived is like you said, he's going to these establishments like Neil's and saying, look, you know, I want to create art based off of your establishment. I'm running, you know, a series of stuff that is historic, you know, establishments in these cities. So I think they're on board with it. I think if you're just doing it, you're running into tr- trouble. Yeah, tr- exactly. Trouble. Exactly. I assume that there's, yeah, there's a right way to do it. And, uh, you know, another way that's going to be a little bit more, uh, you might tick some people off on the way. But I like that entrepreneur mindset, and uh, hopefully Santa comes through. So we'll see. Um, all right, let's uh, kick it off here into Memberberry Mondays, something you all love. I wanted to bring something similar to the table that we discussed last week, which was Silly Putty. This week, Magic Goo. I don't know if you guys remember this stuff, but it – was probably filled to the brim with chemicals that we'll find out took years of our life later on down the road. Uh, But it was that really stinky, bright goo that you stuck on the end of a plastic straw, which could be used for alternative things as an adult. And uh, you blew it up into a massive balloon, and then it just blew up, and it was done. And then you did it again. And it was freaking pointless. Never truly understood it. But uh wanted to put it out there because I wanted to see if this is something you guys encountered as kids. Dude, I, quite frankly, I've never heard of it. No. Magic yes. goo? Yeah, I've honestly never heard of it. They I've come never, in the I'm pack. Like, there's the little plastic straw, and they come in different colors, and it was like in a toothpaste can, and you would squeeze it onto the stick, and you would blow it up. Blow. I put a picture on the on the dock. It's yeah, just, I'm looking at the picture. I've pointless. never... And then I've you would use the this. balloon and you could pop it and it would like fix itself, similar to like the tech we have for tires now. But <clears throat> definitely not something kids should be inhaling. No, this definitely killed a lot of brain cells from kids trying to like blow these things up into like massive balloons. They talk about marijuana being a gateway drug. This right here and those scented uh, markers, man, that was the beginning for the 90s kids. Yeah, anytime Dude. you have a label that's like, hey, make sure you tell your six-year-old not to do this, the six-year-old is going to definitely Of course, how could a six-year-old ever resist such a such a toy? 
No, never could. I, never Tom, would. did you ever use these or play with these when you were a kid? No, I've uh, I've never really come across the goo. I think this might maybe it just Trust killed my brain cells at the time and I forgot about it. Yeah, but I don't know. I, uh, maybe I, I was just an addict the for magic uh, goo. paint thinner. That's essentially what it smelled like. It was horrific. Oh yeah. Well, paint thinner is like straight acetone. That is not. Good I'd love to give you a sample to um, dissect and figure out what really is in it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the label probably says, but. And what is this little stamp that it has on the picture that I attached? Brain Cellar USA. I think I meant to say Brain Killer. USA. Yeah. <laughs> Misprint, I guess. Uh, yeah, or Love change print. the S to a C. You yeah, know, bra- throw an A in I could, there. Your brain's I could honestly, in the cellar. I can't imagine what brain cellar USA USA even alludes to, but apparently this was a thing for a, a, a moment in history. And, it was. Uh, I saw that they still have it. Surprise me in this. It, wait, it's still around. Still around, dude. But they've definitely upped it. Kind of like four logos. They were like, ah, these are killing people. So maybe we should fix it. Did you buy some? No, but uh, maybe uh, maybe I might now. All right, well, now I know what to get for your wedding, so don't buy it. Yeah, thanks. Maybe I'll just hand them out as, as wedding gifts. <laughs> um, all right, next up on the docket, what to watch. We love to give you guys uh, a little bit of insight on what to watch and what to see, stream or skip. Um, first up, if you didn't see the first one, you should check it out. Love the guy to death. Quiet Place just announced Quiet Place 2, released March 2020 releasing I should say Uh, so make sure that you stay up to date there was a sneak preview that was only released in theaters so something you would only be able to see if you went and saw a movie in theaters now Um, but probably will come out shortly next up documentary confession killer Um, not sure if you guys have seen this it is a story of Henry Lee Lucas serial killer who claimed to have killed over 650 women at the end of his confessions so to say um turns out he was essentially a loner he was baffled by the attention they were pouring free meals and cigarettes on the guy um he was kind of a drifter and so there's skepticism as to whether or not you know he actually killed this many people he led them to a lot of unsolved murders which was like maybe coincidental maybe just actually him uh but very wild and something to check out while we're on the theme of like ted bundy and um all you know charles manson and all these serial killer oj simpson oj simpson Seri- yeah. serial killers are in right now yeah man hot. it's all people, hot, hot hot people phase, get up i mean what's mind phase. hunter is all about like yeah. s- you know psychopaths and serial killers and i think i don't know why people get off on it so much i mean it's like kind of like scary because they're all real people who walk among us and life so personally like i just think it's i mean i like them sort of but i don't go out of my way to watch them i probably won't watch this one but uh you yeah, should check it out i gave it a seven out of ten which is high Wait, you, so you did watch it i i'm i'm not finished i think that it's a six bit series it's short um what's it on it's on netflix okay and it's just a good like throw it on while you're just kind of trying to kill time or like pass out um, it's a lot of, it's like, a, I mean, I'm saying it in this, in the sense that it's, it's crazy, wild, mind numbing stuff, but it's a lot of trials and testimonies. And so it's not like crazy riveting. I mean, um, yeah, nothing puts me to sleep like 650 dead bodies. Yeah. 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 No, but it is, it is pretty wild. Um, I would say, check it out if you haven't. And then the last one is broken, which, uh, is kind of a, deep insight to counterfeit products that have been created uh, in the market. Some of the most popular products that we know, uh, Kylie Jenner makeup products, jewels, um, other vaping devices. A lot of these have found ways to um, rebrand and relabel themselves and they put, you know, chemicals and poisons in their products and kids and adults are suffering from that. One chick I saw super glued her mouth shut with fake Kylie Jenner uh, lip gloss. So, ouch! That was survival of the fittest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, <laughs> if you can't afford it, I guess just skip it, right? You know what I mean? I can't I afford think that's a Ferrari. Good rule of thumb. You don't see me fucking going and buying a knockoff. Yeah, I think it's a good rule of thumb. 
Um, I want to add something to this. I, it's more like put it on people's radar because I just watched the newly released trailer to it this morning. Uh, I forget when it comes out. I want to say it's this summer. Is Top Gun Maverick looks incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, it looks Tom a hell of a lot better than the new Bad Boys. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, like watching like sixty-year-old Martin Lawrence like try to go chase down gangbangers in Miami it does not sound like Mike. Hey, that's Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. <laughs> no, but it, I, I'm excited. Like I think if you look at both of those movies, they're so far removed from when they originally came out, and I am not excited at all for one, and very excited for the other. So Top Gun. The thing that's gonna be great about Top Gun is that the Technology is so much better for, for, from a CGI standpoint and like what they're able to do that it's going to feel like you're really in like a uh, what I forgot what these planes like Tom, a fighter Tom jet. Tom Cruise is actually he learned how to fly. He's actually flying the planes in this movie. I can't tell if you're being serious. No, but it's, it's incredible, man. The guy, um, I, I'm pretty sure the guy's never going to die. Like I'm pretty sure he's he's so tiny that all of his all of his like good cells just continue to energize them oh no no the scientology is giving them they're like feeding them like baby you know stem stem cells and yeah like the guy is literally never gonna die he looks younger now than he did when he was playing jerry Maguire. as long as he keeps putting out banger fun fact he wears um like pretty platform-esque boots in most oh, he's definitely insecure movies. about his height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. And if, like, you watch most of the angles, they're always, like, either down below or straight at him. They're never, like, above angles, you know, with another actor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny to watch. That's going to be in his contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you put me up against, like, Liam Neeson, who's 6'6", six, six, and make me look like a little fucking shrimp, I'm out. I'm walking away from... Uh, Fuck, what are those movies? The 25 of them that he's made. Mission Impossible Taken? 30. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, Tom Cruise, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. New topic suggested by none other than Harry Douglas's friend. Unpopular opinions. We are going to bring you opinions that are unpopular to the public. If that is not self-explanatory enough, we're going to defend our opinions and why we believe so. So we'll go ahead and kick it off. Tom, I know that you had a heated one. I've done enough talking. I'd love to hear from you. Alright, uh, I've been mulling this one over, and I think I will receive a significant amount of backlash here. But it all started last week when Sam and I were watching Elf. And what started as, as a debate on Elf led me to a, a much larger thought experiment. And what I came up with is that Will Ferrell isn't that funny. Oh, hey, this guy. Not that funny. This guy. I'll give him Anchorman, and I'll give him uh, Step Brothers, and I'll give him Old School. See, everything that's like big in it, like even Old School, it's like it's the it's the the crew, like the Vince Vaughn and. I, I just don't think Will Ferrell is it like like in Elf he was that he's the guy in Elf and it's just like he, he plays the same he's he's like a just a, a broken record where it's the same like very immature kind of stupid uh you know sort of you know out of the loop of things that's a massive character. majority of actors look at Tom Cruise all he plays is kick ass beat him up motherfucking you know, blow up movies. Yeah, but but you're like, is he a badass in them? Yes. Do I See, think Will Ferrell is funny in all of his movies? Not really. No. Dude, kicking and screaming. Night at yeah, the Roxbury. That's, that's a pretty good one. Talladega right? Nights. The other guys. I, I not not a big fan of Talladega Nights. Not a big fan of the other guys. And again, aim it's for the, the bushes. It's the crew. I mean, I don't Never Tom, I don't really know it. what to say to you, buddy. I don't know I don't know what Sam is doing to your brain if she's brainwashed. I don't know if, if, she if it's coming from her. definitely had magic goo back in the day. Okay. So Tom was huffing I will shit. agree that I, I will agree that Elf is like a pretty overrated movie. Okay. I think it's like 
it, it doesn't know whether it's supposed to be like kind of an adult like it's very much just like a little too like stupid humor tailored towards kids it's not really meant for uh, like us to think of it's like hysterical but like all the other ones that we rattled off are all very very solid comedies and will forever be solid comedies like we'll watch them in 20 years yeah it'll be like it'll be like how our parents think of uh um what's that uh Belushi or uh uh, Jim Belushi movie the college one Animal House oh thank you it's like how our parents think of Animal House Tommy Boy Uncle Buck all of those yeah that generation All, all I'm saying is that if it's not Anchorman and it's not old school, then I don't want it from Will Ferrell. Okay. Un- unpopular un- opinion. Unpopular opinion for sure. I'm glad that we kicked this uh, topic off because it'll it'll be a much heated debate from here on yeah. out. Yeah. And to our listeners out there, if you disagree with me, find me. Everyone's gonna on, disagree on with Twitter, you. on Instagram. I don't even I don't even know what my handle is on Instagram. Get at me. Find me at uh, Tom Wells ninety three. Harry Douglas, let's hear. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Um, so it's my understanding that the Joe Burrow Heisman speech was very like highly touted in the sense that it was everyone was just saying like how great of a speech it was, and uh, I, I, you know I'm like basing this off of different Instagram accounts. I never actually saw the full speech. I only saw the part of the speech that everybody was was putting out on social media, which is where he started to break down and cry and all that. And which, okay, two things. I get that his story is pretty cool. You know, sat on the bench at Ohio State for two years and then transferred to LSU and had like a good year last year. And then obviously this year wins the Heisman. From the parts that I saw of the speech, I thought it was a pretty shitty speech. And <laughs> and and keep in mind that he said that, that he was just going to wing it. And it looked like every in every aspect of that speech that he yeah indeed winged it because it just didn't seem like he knew like knew what he was gonna say and, and he wasn't I don't know and he's crying through half of it like I get it it's a very emotional time it's a very emotional thing but I just didn't think like everyone was like wow it was such a great speech it was incredible and I was like what what did he really say I'm they, turning your unpopular opinion into a popular opinion because I've now watched him there and on a couple of other talk shows. And when I initially saw him when they beat Bama and he gave that, you know, quick post-game speech, uh, which was followed by the incoherent rant from the, the running back. But he, he was well-spoken there, and I, I was like, oh, wow, this guy actually, you know, is well-spoken. He can play ball. And then I saw parts of the speech, and I saw these press conferences and these talk shows, and the guy just, like, can't get his shit together. He was stumbling over his words. He was rambling on bullshit, like talking about random. Yeah, he's like, you're gonna. He was like, dude, nobody cares. Wrap it up. Thank God and do I, what everybody else does. I I disagree. Well, that's that's what got me the most because when I first started, I was I had a couple sodas by the time the speech got around, so I was like kind of feeling it, and he yeah, started. Tom talking. was crying too. And no, and he's like, I'd like to thank. And in front of like 50 people, I, I was like, God, he's going to thank God. And he didn't thank God. And then I just, I looked like an idiot. But uh, he didn't thank God. And then I was all for the speech, putting on just a kid from Ohio. I love that line. Um, and, and, and kind of just showing everybody why he turned around this LSU program. And it was his character. I think he crushed the speech. Uh, very unpopular opinion on your end, Harry. I'll give you that. Yeah, I thought it was a sh- terrible speech. I just <laughs> stick to my guns on that one. I'm not really one to like. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. No, changing don't go my, back on my your mind. opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I would never do that. That's not. That's not me. That's not who I am. Um, all right. Well, this one is most certainly an unpopular opinion, but I am anti peanut butter. Ain't never been a peanut butter guy. Ain't never gonna be a peanut butter guy. The texture, the consistency, the smell, everything about it freaks me the fuck out. Uh, I'm not the kind of person that's like, ah, get that away from me, but I am not eating it. In dire circumstances, I will have a peanut butter and fluff sandwich 
And I'm talking about Ugh. certain circumstances. When was, the la- when was the last time you had a peanut butter and fluff sandwich? Don't ask questions, bro. I pro- I'm just saying, it's, I haven't had one probably since high school. All I'm saying is, I'm not about peanut butter. I, I eat peanut butter at least two or three times a week. I'll put it on like my toast. Or... Dude, I, I, did, I did it with apples today, sliced apples. Or apples, that's great. I've seen people eat it straight off the spoon, and I almost started convulsing. Dude, I can't believe you eat peanut butter and fluff sandwiches. That uh, makes me uh, want to convulse. Dude, it's a very rare occasion. I don't have it on hand. It's like a very rare circumstance. Dude, if I, I had, it's like this me might going sound to weird, church. but anytime, anytime I eat peanut butter and fluff, I like start like gagging. It's like too like, like everything starts sticking to like the back of my fucking mouth. I think there's uh, an underlying uh, factor to all of this. Most people that are eating peanut butter and fluff sandwiches are probably friends with Jesus. So way, side way little side rant here. <laughs> In like seventh or eighth grade, uh, when Tom started liking chicks. I I I kissed Six this girl one day. Grade. You put peanut butter in your balls. Seventh grade. <laughs> she no, we did not. She did not tongue my balls with peanut butter on them. But uh, she had like peanut butter, or she had like fluff or something on her mouth, and I kissed her, and it grossed me out so bad that like to this day that wasn't fluff, baby. If, that was foam. <laughs> if I if I <laughs> taste. If I taste or smell fluff, I will like I will like like regurgitate whatever I just ate and throw up. It's uh it's it's a weird I don't know what how my brain is wired like that. Uh, poor girl, I don't think I ever told her that. Don't didn't have the heart to. So so okay, both of you guys are big fanatics of peanut butter. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right, I, I'm not like I wouldn't say fan, I wouldn't say fanatic, but I eat peanut butter. Yeah. Like a normal human being. I mean, you ate peanut butter yesterday, so I'd call you today. an addict. Today, yeah. Yep. An addict, yep. maybe. Um, <laughs> all right, I got three that I pulled from the internet that I thought were good. I'm going to take the one I most favor, which is, it's better to be hot than cold. Unpopular opinion or popular opinion? I would say unpopular, just because when you're hot and you're like sweaty and gross, I feel like it's it's easier to warm yourself up than it is to cool yourself down. Yeah, and so getting like, like see, I despise hit, hit sweat, and you know, God forbid you start getting like, you know, sweat in other places. Yeah, but if you're if it's hot as Haiti, everyone knows that, and everybody else is sweating, so you just got to embrace it. When it's cold, everyone's miserable. Your skin is dry. You get sick. People are pissed off. Everyone's bundled up. You got to bring a jacket to the bar. Most of the time, you leave it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's funny, man, being in New York and, and seeing this big shift in, in temperature, how much more pissed off people are in general. Pissed I mean, off, people man. are pretty pissed off in New York for the most <laughs> to begin with, but like... When it's like it starts getting really freezing cold and people are bundled up, like when you're down in the subways, it's like uh, you might as well be in the Coliseum fighting with other gladiators. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. Not good. Um, all right. Well, that is all we got for un- uh, unpopular opinion for this week. We'll bring you more after the holidays. We're going to take a little bit of a hiatus. But before we end here tonight, we're going to kick off some sports and we're going to start with NFL news. I wanted to start tonight's segment off with the Tom Brady madness, which apparently has begun. I, I believe the train is beginning to move away from the station. Um, some of the some of the reasons people believe the train may be leaving the station, a couple things, impending contract negotiations and free agency. That's been something that's hovering all season. Uh, he sold his house in Brookline. And he topped it off this week by stepping down as co-chair of Best Buddies International, which is an organization in Massachusetts which focuses on research uh, for Down syndrome, fragile X, traumatic brain injuries, and more. So, wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Do we think that the GOAT is leaving town? Uh, Do we think he's retiring? Or uh, does he have some more in store for us? 
Tom, you want me to start this off and then you can like, you know, uh, yeah, let's just or cry let's just or whatever you see, do to say. Let's just see, let's see see what you got to say. Um, I think this is. I mean, everyone talks about it every single year, especially, and it's even more um, under spotlight this year because of his play. Like he just doesn't have the same zip on the ball. Doesn't really look like the same quarterback. Granted, his supporting cast is as bad as it's been uh, in, in some time, if not ever. And, I mean, I think everything points to him retiring. I don't think he would ever go to another organization. I I, I just, I think this is the first year. I mean, you know, they'll give it their best shot. They still very much, you know, very well may make a Super Bowl run. Um, it's just what the Patriots do. And I just see him hanging it up after the season. I, I think a lot of signs point to that. I, I could, couldn't even begin to guess where he would end up after all this or like in terms of like you know if he just retires and kind of just lounges around it doesn't really seem like his style he's, he's too competitive and he's too like needs to be doing something to keep the uh the engine running so to speak um not that he would die if he like just decided to play golf every day but uh i, I think you know who knows maybe i'll go into like fashion i don't fucking know but uh more time i think this his kids more time, you know, kissing well, his kids, raising them, uh, spending I think, time with family. I think, that's I think this it, is exactly. It, is it's a family thing where I, I think Giselle is obviously she's a model, so her her place is New York City, and yes, he did sell his house, but Brady bought a new one in Connecticut, uh, which I think is probably a lot closer to New York. I'm not sure where in Connecticut, but if I had to guess, it's probably that Greenwich area. Um, that Greenwich area, <laughs> somewhere in there. So, I I, I don't think it's a, a sign that he's trading or you know going to a different team. But yeah, if, if we don't get another nasty receiver this off season, then Brady's gonna retire. And I think it's obvious that he's sick of this rebuilding thing that we're doing. And uh, like you said, Grams, it's I think it's very much a family thing now, where it's like. It's not even like his kids are little, like they're 12, 13, like 14 years old, like the prime of, of, you know, adult or dadhood, I guess you can call it. And, uh, you know, he's 43, so time to kind of look towards what after football is going to be like. Yeah. It, it pains me to say that. And, you know, if Odell Beckham shows up tomorrow in Foxborough, Brady's going to play till he's fucking 50 and his, and his kids are going to go pound sand. But, you know... <laughs> We'll debate that one when that day comes. Well, let's talk about that because it's a good transition. It's a little further down on the dock, but we'll pull it up. Um, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Cleveland Browns uh, continue to be entertainment both on and off the field. Most recently with their loss versus the Cardinals, uh, the 38-24 to loss on Sunday, Jarvis Landry and other Cleveland Brown players were seen yelling, come get me, to the Arizona Cardinals uh, Cardinals sideline. For those of you who don't know what that means, essentially what he's asking for is the team to pick him up. Uh, He's clearly sick of being in Cleveland, just as the rest of them are. You know, with all the talent they got, it's mind-boggling that they haven't been able to connect or put anything together they closed the door on Sunday to their playoff berth uh, potential and want to just kind of hear from you guys what your thoughts are on the future for the Browns Um, I know Jarvis kind of got into a spat with Freddie Kitchens so things aren't looking good and it'd be interesting to hear from you guys where they might end up well Uh, I I think Freddie Kitchens is just going to get canned and everyone's going to be happy again that's that's my take on it. But what's more important, Tom, is that is who they bring in. Like I think it's practically a foregone conclusion that Freddie Kitchens should and will be fired at some point. Um, you know, I assume at this point they'll just wait till after the season. But you know, it's gonna be more important. They need to bring someone in who can like who's like kind of a, a hard ass. You know, like definitely who, not a player's coach. Yeah, exactly. Like Freddie Kitchens, you can just tell that that he just doesn't have control of the locker room. If you've got players yelling to the other team, like, come get me, and this has been happening a couple weeks now, uh, specifically with Odell Beckham, if you, if you have that happening, like, 
there's a very clear problem with with the leadership in that locker room, and I mean, quite frankly, obviously, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I am too, and I, and I, I, uh, I don't really want to bring this into the conversation, but I sort of blame the NBA for like this this new culture of of how players deal with adversity, and the only thing that they know to do at this point in time is instead of like bearing down and trying to like become to come together as a team, they just Jump start shit. screaming, you know, running for the door, looking for a better opportunity. And it, it's just like, it's bullshit, quite frankly. I mean, like, it's a woes. Like, what kind mentality. of example are you set? What kind of example are you setting for anyone else who comes after you? Any like these kids looking up to you that anytime, like they're in a situation that they're not happy with that. They just, that they just like kind of kick and scream to find something better. Yeah. Yeah. It's- no, I, I agree. Um, and not to delve too down, but, down the rabbit hole here, but I think one major coach that comes to mind is Riverboat Ron Rivera. Like, doesn't that just seem like it's like too perfect? Like, kind of. Uh, he definitely strikes me as an asshole, but his yeah. players love him. He's he's got that you know defensive minded. You know, played for the the '85 Bears. Like, he's, what about he, um? I'll throw another one. Me. I think that's a great one, and I think he's definitely still wants to be a coach, and I think. If, if if anything in Carolina, the only thing the reason why he was let go is because it was more of just they needed a change of scenery. Um, I think he was there for eight years. You know, they were they were sort of successful sometimes, but they just never could get over the hills. And I would say another coach to throw out, and this is this is an interesting one, is Nick Saban. Really, really, really. Because you know Saban's. that you know that the the boosters in Bama and, and a lot of Bama fans are starting to call for Saban's head. I mean, gr- quite frankly, it's ridiculous because you know you have one down year where they finish like seventh in the country, and like you know that your standard of excellence is is far too high when you have like one bad year, and like automatically everyone starts coming out of the woodwork calling you yeah. know calling for you to be fired. But you know it, it's it's an interesting one, and and I gotta I gotta do my research but did Nick Saban used to coach for the Browns under uh, I think he was there with Belichick I think he was there with Belichick and yeah he was and uh, so man I don't know that's what's the deal what's the deal with Urban Meyer he's going to USC heard it here first I've heard UFC I've heard heard uh, Washington Redskins. Redskins I was gonna say would be tight I was gonna say I was throwing his name out as a potential idea for you know the Browns, but I don't know just that Ohio, you know. So Saban was the defensive coordinator um, under Belichick for four seasons in, in Cleveland. So wow, um, gotcha. yeah. Well, um, no, I, I like Meyer too. Uh, his name has been kind of associated more with the Redskins just because of the. The Ohio State players that are there, but I mean, if I'm a coach and somebody's like, "Hey, do you want to go coach the Browns or do you want to coach the Redskins?" Even though it's a lose lose, I'm still taking the Browns. To your point, though, I think going to USC would be more beneficial because everything in the press is negative, and they say it's combustible. It's a bad idea. He's not going to pan out as an NFL coach, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, all, certainly all that, and like. I mean, Urban Meyer is a fucking college football legend, and the it would be exactly what the Pac-12 needs right now is a little rejuicing of a cornerstone program that's been lackluster over the last six or seven seasons, and uh, yeah, then then they'll be relevant. So. You want to know something kind of interesting? Yeah. The uh, USC. Trojans right now have the 81st ranked recruiting class. They've got 10 commits. USC is the 81st ranked recruiting class. That is really so horrendous for a school yeah, like that. That is that is, and they picked up Todd Helton's fifth year option. I was like, what? What's even the point? The guy clearly isn't getting it done. Just cut ties and, and try to figure it out. You've got like, someone like Urban Meyer who would who would definitely listen to an offer. Um, but interesting, you know, I, I just uh, caught that today. They've got a worse recruiting class than Bowling Green. That's that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, suffice to say, there is trouble in Cleveland, um, and 
a full testament to that is Kareem Hunt saying that the team isn't seeing 110% from players. Kareem Hunt. So, uh, you know there's trouble in paradise. Um, next up, three just quick notes about the NFL before we talk about playoff picture. Janoris Jenkins, who we mentioned, made some off-color remarks, was uh, waived from the uh, Giants. Mm-hmm. He was then picked up off of waivers by the Saints. So he's back playing football uh, down in New Orleans, and maybe, you know, that's the hood where you can throw out remarks like that. We'll see. Uh, next up is Derek Carr was booed off the field after losing their final game played in Oakland. Uh, another thing that I find just disgusting, I think, you know, look, ideally you win that last game in Oakland before you make the big move, but, you know, it is what it is, and to boo your quarterback off of the field is not a really good way to close the doors on uh, on that stadium, but that's just my personal opinion, maybe unpopular. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's warranted. That's a team that's been uh, in the in the gutter, in the dumpster, in a dumpster that was lit in fire uh, for like 20 years. So I, I think it, or since like Rich Gannon was there, I don't yeah, even know when. Oh, at, that was a. You look at places like Miami. You look at the I mean, Giants. I mean, you look at there's a bunch the of Giants, the there. Giants. The Giants won the Super Bowl less no, than no, a no. decade I'm ago. I'm talking about just having tough, tough years, and you still have fans that are riding. I just think it's kind of. I don't know. No. That's that's just how that's just how shit rolls in the black hole, baby. Yeah, that, I guess just that's a just different how it world is. over there. <laughs> Especially when the Jaguars are coming to town. Like this game was scheduled for Oakland to win. Yeah. And they still couldn't get it done. Yeah. All right. Well, you changed my mind there. So fuck you, Derek Carr. Sorry, I tried. Uh, <laughs> last up in the same geographic location, Seahawks wide receiver Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely for PED and substance abuse. This is his fifth suspension since 2013, all for substance and PED abuse. You know what I'm going to say, Tom? Stay off the weed. Stay off. I'm really I mean, I'm curious I to see. It hasn't come out that it was weed, right? No, I I kid. Of... I mean it, it probably, you know. I mean it was probably weed, let's be real. It yeah. was probably weed. But, but the bottom line is five times tough. since 2013 for this, you know, the NFL just kind of closed the book. The NFL needs to change their policy on 100%. marijuana. 100%. And that's, I think that's what, I don't really know people if, if anything's going to come out of this, but I think you're going to start hearing more and more rumbles and people and more and more players are starting to, are, are, are starting to lobby for changes to it, um, whether it's just allowing CBD or whatever, but you know, a lot of guys have talked about how these training staffs will like feed them painkillers, but, but they like a lot of guys don't want to take the painkillers because they know that there's like ramifications for that, and so they're like, you know, why can't we just smoke weed? And and I can't, you can't blame them. I mean, like a lot of these guys become no, like absurd. super dependent and addicted to these painkillers that are literally just they're writing them like scripts for like like infinity. Percocet or whatever. Yeah, not to mention and, uh, what they're handing them on the sidelines. Exactly. So, we'll see. Well, that's uh, that's what we got for quick notes. We're going to go ahead and move on to playoff picture. This is basically as if the playoffs started today. We'll go ahead and kick off just a quick segment here about the AFC and the NFC. We'll start with the AFC here. First round buys, obviously going to the first seed being the Ravens at 12-2, and two, followed by the Pats at 11-3. and three. And then we've got sitting at 3, Kansas City, Texans at 4, Bills at 5, and the Steelers rolling in there at 6. So want to hear from you guys who you're most excited to see out of kind of the AFC wildcard matchups. Um, my kickoff here is the Bills but that's just because I'm biased and it's a New York team. But I've loved to kind of see what they've done this season, and I'm hoping that they at least kick ass against these fucking teams. But not going to happen against Kansas City. I, I would, Yeah, I think the Bills are probably the best chance of upsetting. How, how, much, how bullshit is it that the 49ers, because they're now not leading in their division, 
are now a fifth seed and have to go to play the seven and seven Cowboys at Jerry World. Well, the whole thing with the NFC, I was looking at this and I don't really know who I trust in the NFC. Like the AFC playoffs are going to be wild. But I think uh, just looking at it as it stands, I mean, Saints are going to beat the Vikings. I mean, it's okay. Actually, I don't even know if I can say that with that much conviction. Um, the Vikings beat the Saints this year. Yeah, but Tom, you know it is, man. Every game's a new game. Starts over at zero zero. Uh-huh. And and the Cowboys looked good um, yesterday versus uh, the Rams. They still the Rams. The Rams. Um, and the Rams are a weird team, anyway. So I don't really know what to think about that win, but. Uh, I, I at like J- at the Jerry Vikings World, they, they're starting to maybe hit a little stride. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers can easily lose that game. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising. And that's sort of something I've had with the 49ers all year. Is like, I don't really... Like, they've been rolling, but when push comes to shove in terms of experience and you're going up against, you know, not only the Cowboys, but Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson... Are the 49ers really going to have what it takes? And I think no. Um, as of right now, with these standings, I, I think I still like the Seahawks to come out on top just because you know Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the league, not named Lamar Jackson. And it's almost like at 11-3, and three, they're like flying quietly under the radar. And uh, I don't know. Are we going to have a battle of the birds for a Super Bowl? I think, uh, I'm, honestly, I think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be like Packers and Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I know I, you wouldn't hate that, Tom. Two old, uh, two old dogs, the goats. I, I think that would be. Do not trust the Packers. I, I don't know, man. I think like Devontae Adams looked. He had a, he went off yesterday. Um. I like their defense. I think they're they're very solid and, and defense wins championships and I think that's why the Patriots I've got them going to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they, they just seem to do it week in and week out. They show up. Stephon Gilmore is the literal definition of a ball hawk. He's the and best corner in football, right? We can we can all agree there. I think that's a pretty foregone conclusion. The guy's got like seven interceptions. Um, and and like I'm not sold on the Seahawks defense. The Ravens, the Ravens are, are a very good team. I think their Achilles heel is going to be as crazy as it sounds in the passing attack. Like they, they don't really have many good receivers, to be honest. The thing that the thing that helps them is that Lamar is able to freeze secondaries just by getting out of the pocket and like threatening with the, with his legs. But I don't know. I'm going to just go for it and say that the uh, the wily old vets and experience is going to come through. And, uh, and maybe it'll be Saints-Patriots. That'll be cooler, actually. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, we're going to get a rematch of what everybody wanted last year. Yeah, exactly. And then, then Brady's going to doo-doo all over. Yeah. That and is then, if the Saints aren't robbed. Yeah. True. Again. So just to wrap it up, AFC, um, Kansas, I assume you guys are under the same well, assumption they'll steamroll over the Steelers. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, the, if they played tomorrow, and the Chiefs would win by like. What are the chances? 50. Do you th- uh, do you guys think that the Bills could upset the Texans? I think the Bills could upset the Texans and the Ravens. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Interesting. All right, and we've got the Saints taking over the Vikings, or is that gonna be a tough one to call? If Dalvin Cook is healthy, I'm taking the Vikings. Oh. I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm taking the Saints every time. Um, and then, you know, the 49ers-Cowboys game, I think we've seen a little bit of a resurgence from uh, Jerry's team, and I think they're going to kick the shit out of San Fran. I'll roll with you there. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's so weird, though, like, if Seattle and the Packers lose this weekend, though, the Niners will go from the fifth seed to the one seed. Yeah, overnight. So we'll we'll keep you all posted on that. That's obviously everything we've discussed is is as if the playoffs were to start today. Um, so that will potentially change, and we will make sure to keep you guys in the loop. Well, let's close things out here tonight. Unless you guys have any last uh, tidbits on the NFL before we dive into Presidents Cup. Let's wrap it up.
All right. Well, why don't you guys take it over? Uh, talk to us a little bit about the USA and and how they finished up and just the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, so down in Australia at Royal Melbourne was the Presidents Cup, which is the United States versus the internationals, which is anybody, any professional golfer outside of Europe. Um, a lot of guys from like Japan, Korea, a couple other guys thrown in there, South Africa. Anyways, uh, after day one, the United States went down four to one because everyone was playing like a bunch of dickheads. I don't know what that was about. Um, but uh, so they go down four one and pretty much I kind of started writing them out. Uh, I know that the US is obviously a better a more stacked team, um, but just going down 4-1 after the first day was just absolutely the worst way you could have possibly started. Um, a couple things here. Tiger Woods is back to being probably the best player in golf again. He went 3-0 on the, on the, uh, during the tournament, won every single one of his matches, and just through pure will determination, I don't know what the hell happened, but or, or what who gave a pump-up speech or anything like that but um on sunday the u.s goes into sunday down to down 10-8 and they won six matches uh to overtake the internationals and win the president's cup um 16 to 14. uh i was unable to really watch the the final day matches um for for really no good reason but i'm a little pissed at myself for missing it because uh i mean just an incredible comeback uh, everybody was insanely fired up. You had guys like popping bottles, you know, like they just uh, won the World Series kind of thing. And just wild, wild stuff. Um, oh, and uh, Patrick Reed is a loser, and I hate him. <laughs> he he was fucking, he was ice, though, on Sunday, I will say. He was say. ice, but he, he lost his two other matches, maybe even three other matches. Um, no, he lost two other matches, and... There was one match. There was one match where he like pretended to to be shoveling. And, and for people who don't like follow golf, I don't expect you to understand this, but uh, he was getting you know a lot of shit talk from the fans in Australia about how the the week prior he uh, illegally tried to improve his lie in a bunker, and so a lot of people were giving him shit. But he was down like four. He was down four holes uh, in, in his Friday match. And like one and like one one hole or sank a putt and then started pretending like he was shoveling as he's walking off and I'm like, okay, it's like decent like little self awareness play there, but at the same time, you know you're you're losing by a lot and and ultimately he did lose that match so uh, you can really only talk back when you're winning so I don't think he understands that but even on that note though like in his in his uh, post match interview they're like so like what happened today. And instead of being like, you know, I hit a few putts, blah, blah, blah. He was like, yeah, I played really excellent today, I think. I thought I played awesome. And it's like, really? Like, that's how you're going to lead this off? But, uh, hey, whatever. Helps helps the USA win. Yep. And uh, I think it was Tiger from the get-go just saying, all right, Sunday, I'm putting myself out there first. I'm going to go get this win. And then, you know, I'm going to let you guys clean up that last couple of points. It's all Tiger. It's always yep. Tiger. I think Tiger's gonna have a huge year. I really do. He's, he's, he's probably he's probably gonna take the next like month or so off. Get uh get healthy. I, I think he's probably healthy as it as it stands right now. Anyways, but um, I think he's I'm I'm pulling for a big year from Tiger. Is he currently or a recovering sex addict? I think you're always recovering. No, I know, but I didn't know if he ever got that dealt with or if he was just still out there. You know, chase and tail. I don't know if you're if you're a sex addict. Does that mean you can't have sex? I, I've always been so curious about that. I, like, they're so, total side tangent. But Russell Brand, when he was like, "Yeah, I'm a recovering sex addict," so is Katy Perry. That's why, like why we're perfect for each other. I'm like, so are you guys celibate or like you only <laughs> micro dose? Like you dip a ball in or something? Like how does that work? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's all we've got here tonight for you. As always, we'll close you out with some buzzer beaters. And Harry Douglas is here to start us off. Um, well, that was sort of my buzzer beater. Just just talking about Patrick Reed's a dickhead. Patrick that Patrick Reed is a huge loser, and and I I will never like him. Dickhead. I would hope week? that he. I would hope he's actually off of the Team USA. Uh, I don't know if that'll that'll actually happen, but you know. 
God forbid Brooks Kepka actually wants to be a team player and like play with Team USA. We'll see if that actually ever happens. But uh, I, I've got one guy that I think he could replace pretty quickly. What is the deal with that? I just I think Kepka loves. I don't know if this is from his agent or like you know. I, I think he's trying to create the persona as like the bad boy of golf. Yeah, and and kind of like oh, I really only play in majors. Like all the other tournaments are like worthless. Yeah, and that he just like well, he had that comment really... recently where he was saying like these don't matter to me, right? It was it was some yeah, essentially, and like there was like some tournament he showed up like 15 minutes before his his tee time, and everyone was all up in arms, and he's like, what? He's like, all I had to do is like hit a couple balls, roll a couple putts, and and then I'm good to go. Which I respect the hell out of, first yeah. of all. And, and, he, and he follows through with it, so that's what's... Yeah, you know. and, he, and he went and he's legit, like he's nasty. So, I don't know what his deal is. I think he's just trying to be the bad boy, and he's doing a pretty decent job of it right now. <laughs> all right, Lasagna, what do yeah, you got for us, kid? Brooks. Uh, well, not so much a buzzer beater, I guess, but um, a reminder that we have our first slate of Saturday NFL football this weekend. Uh, three ma- major games... With the Patriots hosting the Bills uh, at 4:30, the Buccaneers, the red-hot Buccaneers, I will say, are hosting the Texans in a must-win game for Houston at one o'clock, and then the 8:15 slate is the Rams at the 49ers, and we've already highlighted the importance for uh, both of those teams too earlier. So don't forget get your bets in Saturday. It'll really just make for a super long weekend um, because we have bowls. I think bowl season kicks off this Friday, too. Um, So, yeah, get your gambling boots on, strap them up, make sure your account credits are in uh, because we're going to make some money. We'll make sure to throw up some locks. Um, All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for joining us here tonight, this evening, this morning, wherever you are in your day, as mentioned. If you're not already, please remember to go ahead and check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Additionally, if you want to get put in it in Call of Duty, check me out at No Morals Mangus. Lastly, go and click and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify so that you can stay up to date with our weekly released episodes. We will make sure to keep you entertained. I promise you that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, to close us out here tonight, this is to pay tribute to a fallen soldier that we once had here on the air, Mr. Shakes. Uh, We are going to play a little bit of Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy. We'll catch you after the holidays. If you feel it, I keep it real in the most, I know you're feeling it. Crystals are nice, I like the toes, I keep on spilling it. Bone crushes, I keep real close, I got the skill for this. On my back, the flyers closed, looking ill as shit. Transactions illegitimate, cause life is still a bitch. And then you die, but for now, life, close your eyes and fill this dick. Since diapers had nothing to live for like them lifers, boy. Making sure every nigga stay rich within my cipher. We paid the price to circle of success, they turn my mic up. I'm about to hit these niggas with some shit that'll light your life up. If every nigga in your clique is rich, your clique is rugged. Nobody will fall, cause everyone will be each other's crutches. I hope you fools choose to listen, I drop jewels, bust it. These are the rules I follow in my life, you gotta love it. Jiggy jigger looking gully in the joint. If y'all niggas ain't talking about large money, what's the point? I'm feeling it. Even if it ain't sunny, hey, I ain't complaining. I'm in the rain, doing the buck 40, hydroplaning. What's shorty? Where you disappear, the sun. Maintaining, putting myself in no position. Most of these rappers ain't in. I'm living. The Ill Street Blues got your hunger painting. Nothing to gain in. The whole lot to lose, you're still singing. Ooh, I'm thorough in every borough My name be ringing, warming it up for the perfect time Then hit your brain and you're feeling it To all the girls I bought a girl who took to sell my bricks No doubt they could vouch my life is real as shit 95 South and Poppy on the hill and shit And all the towns like Cambridge that I kill with shit And all the thorough ass niggas that I hustle with Throw your joints in the air one time and bust your shit These fake rappers can't really know I'm loving it <laughs> You feeling it? I'm feeling it, feel the glass in the top of my way. Feel the legs pushing up on the ceiling. I'm feeling it, feel the high that you get from the line. If you feel it, raise your hand.
Okay, I'm getting weeded now. I know I contradicted myself. Look, I don't need that now. It's just once in the blue when it's nothing to do. When the tension gets too thick for my sober mind to cut through. I get the zone in. Me and the chick on the island and we're boning. I free my mind. Sometimes I hear myself moaning. Take one more tote, then I leave that weed alone, man. It got me going. Shit. Feeling it. Feel the glass. I'm feeling it. Feel the high that you get from the line. If you feel it, raise your hell in the sky. I'm feeling it. Feel the bad. 